Hey everybody, this is Belgariot and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgariot series of books by David Eddings. Welcome to season three, episode 23. This season we're reading book three, God, all the threes, Magician's Gambit. And today we're diving into chapter 22. My name is Sandra Turnbull. Oh, last week I forgot my name, this week I almost forgot my name too the hell oh, no. anyway my name's Sandra Turnbull and I am the director of Goddess Kindled Universe which is a publishing company and we work with magical realism and real magic I'm Alicia Seymour and I'm a fantasy author and I write stories about finding magic in the darkness welcome to and the show oh sorry no I was just gonna add it's understandable after all you've been through that you might forget your name today <laughs> I've had a real of a bit of a I've been tipped on ass over tit late <laughs> yesterday and I haven't yeah. quite got everything back in place yet. So but I'll tell yeah. you all about that pretty soon in my potion. Welcome to the show. <laughs> you go ahead and share your potion and yeah, yes, tell us about it. Let me just check my notes, you know, because I'm forgetting things. Uh, this week, the potion in my cup is chamomile, cinnamon and honeybush tea. And any other relaxing concoction that I can come up with. Because um, yesterday I discovered that a whole year of work has gone down the drain pretty much but but not really but well but did it you know did it really um you know the a goddess course in miracles which i've talked about on here before the platform that i chose to uh house it i've discovered that it doesn't fit my financial requirements my taxation requirements the way that I run my business. Um, and so I won't be able to use it, which sucks a big dirty stick, as Barak might say. Because <laughs> um, it's so, a year's worth of content already so, up there. Well, it's a year's worth of me building, building, building this space. I'm putting all of this energy into how I want it to look and doing it in a very particular way to facilitate you, the you know ease of use by users, by members. And now I'm going to have to strategize an entirely new combination of elements to, to allow this course to do what I want it to do because the difficulty is it isn't just a few hours of video and a couple of you know bits of text that you consume at your own pace it's a year-long course with daily participation you know with yourself and regular participation with other course student with other students and me yeah and so it's a it's a it's not a small thing. 
And so anyway, so at the moment I'm strategizing the way that I will now deliver it, which hasn't completely gelled because it's only been a few hours, you know. Right. Just I got give it a little tipped on my head. So, you know, I'm just kind of today I spent the day in like in a totally new pro- I I gave myself permission to just have totally new projects going on. And I've created an entirely new branch of works, which include <laughs> nonfiction and fiction and, and workshops. So I've had a great day. <laughs> I had my head in my tarot deck all day. Oh, yeah. That is a magical day in creating yeah. new content. So I just like it, my it was my happy place. I was setting up a, a new framework for a new nonfiction, mm-hmm. and I just love you know the okay how what am I going to put in this part and oh you know just it's like the safe space. I get to create a framework and it just works and it looks beautiful and everything fits mm-hmm. and so I was very happy today. That's good. And, um, That's good. I'm glad you enjoyed today. Yeah, I did. So that's business and person like family. Um, my daughter, my youngest daughter, has started reading Porn of Prophecy. <laughs> she's, she, she has a favourite antiquarian, antiquarian bookshop in Brisbane, uh-huh. um, which is actually run by someone that I that was a facilitator on a women's retreat that I went to years ago. But it's just they buy beautiful old books and it's like a secondhand bookshop as well and she says yeah I found this copy of you know Porn of Prophecy and I'm like well Belgaria Belgaria that sounds familiar and then I remembered your show had something to do with Belgaria (laughs) so I'm like so I'm I'm not sure if I'm excited or panicked about the possibility of her listening to the show because um um what did I say back in the beginning? That there was a lot of family talk going on because I was working through some of my own shit that connected with like my daughters and family. So uh-huh. I haven't gone back to listen, but I'm like, oh. I was excited because she's reading it. But then I'm like, oh, what if she listens to the show and there's stuff in there because she's intensely private. Like, oh my God, she's going to make me take all the shows I down. Mean. Shit. <laughs> Who who actually knows who she is though? Even if you you don't think you ever said their names. Well, and I, I what's this? My dinner. I was a noodle. <laughs> I couldn't see that on the camera. Okay, well, That's gone funny. now. <laughs> but even when you did speak, you were always very still very um, conscious of their privacy. You know, we never shared like overshared or anything. I hope so. Not that I remember you didn't. Anyway. There was a lot of like my, that, that area of my life where I would always be very vague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like that with them. Okay. Well, I, 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 yeah. I'm pretty conscious about her in particular because she's like, I need permission to post like for anything. Yeah. (laughs) Even in the, even in the secret private family group. For just our immediate family. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, there are the private people. It's understandable. Oh, totally. I understand. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, so that's my potion. 
Well, we're all taking a deep breath with you. It's all going to work out. <sighs> Breathing down through my feet, take it down into the center of you. Yeah. But it was good because I meditated this morning for the first time ever because I needed it. Yes. I love that you did that. <laughs> uh, my cup is filled with sparkling grapefruit juice. Um, I have had, I've been having some synchronicity flowing into my life and recently. It's like little things, but I feel the bigger things are not far behind, you know, and really what is the size? It's just relative to how your mind processes. It doesn't really make a difference. Like synchronicity is synchronicity. Um, and the cool thing is that once again, Wayne Dyer is like right there as this stuff's happening. Like, okay, like, I think I shared a story once here on, on how I had discovered one of his books before or completely on accident. I had always heard of him, but I'd never read his stuff. And that book was like a, a, an opening to some stuff. And then right after that, I believe I found Eckhart Tolle who changed my life. Yeah. But anyways, so it feels like Wayne Dyer speaking to me from beyond right now because yeah. he passed away. He's passed on and like... Yeah. I was in my Kindle last week and I was trying to open that book I had just gotten about a month or two ago from Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza about um, becoming supernatural yep. and it wouldn't load. And I'm saying, I'm like, why wouldn't it load? I really want to read it again, you know? And, and then um, I was going through my other books, trying to see if they would open and some of them did, but then I noticed um, when you're on your actual Kindle, not on the phone, it shows previews or like suggestions, you know, books that are similar to each one. And I'm like, oh, and I, I was on some fiction story. So then I went back to becoming supernatural and happened to glance at down at what was being recommended. And I saw something that said the power of awakening. And of course that caught my attention and the, the colors of the book cover caught my attention. And like, that looks really magical. And then I saw it said Wayne Dyer and I'm like, I don't remember ever seeing this book from Wayne Dyer. And so I went and looked it up, got a copy of it. I started reading and instantly in the foreword of the story, I knew it was written by Brendan Burchard. Okay. And he's a whole other thing. And he's been a whole other inspiration in my life in different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and I saw him live here in San Diego at the four day seminar. And he just, just being in his energy is like it just lifts you up to here because he's so he's just so energized and he has the flow and the light in him you can just see it like he's he's transparent and as soon as I saw that he had written the foreword and he started talking about the pandemic and all of this stuff I'm like I got I got goosebumps everywhere because he wrote this he wrote the foreword for this book at, last year in March right after the pandemic had hit mm-hmm and so it was just, I started crying because it was so beautiful to hear his perspective mm -hmm. compared to what you hear in the media and all of this stuff, hearing yeah. his, how he absorbed it and how he was inspiring people reading this book to not let it bring you down. Mm -hmm. And I just had to take a moment and cry because I'm like, here, I found this book. It was published last year. So I don't know where they got the content from Wayne Dyer, if he had a manuscript somewhere or what 
they they put stuff together of his, but have Brendan Burchard writing the Brendan Burchard writing the forward and and reading this book called The Power of Awakening from Wayne Dyer. Like it was the most. It really feels like he's speaking to you from beyond because it was really of all the things I read for Wayne Dyer, it was the most like clear feeling. It felt a lot like Eckhart's books to me, which Eckhart has always felt clearer to me than Wayne Dyer. Yeah. But this one, I could sense, I could sense almost like. I don't know it's hard to explain it but I'm reading this stuff and I'm just like oh my gosh like this is the next step this oh, is the next fantastic. thing I needed to and Wayne Dyer is, is he's always just kind of there for me you're just lit when, up you are so lit up while yeah, you're talking about I just this. I I feel like he I feel like he comes in at, at times I'm sure he does this to others too but comes into my life and just kind of like goes like this to me and like the most loving kind of yeah grandfather yeah figure you know and I just felt that as I was reading the book and I'm reading through it again now and mm-hmm. I just feel like he's kind of he's trying to get me to notice something and I haven't yep. quite gotten all of it yet yeah but I'm so open to whatever it is I'm just yep. like absorbing it and so it's fantastic that just had me feeling like amazing and I just I don't know it was insane because the synchronicity is like that and it seems yep. like such a simple thing the synchronicities see, never, are, they're not mind-blowing things they're little things that, right right and I never I never search for books I just don't do that I always it'll either just pop in or somebody recommends it and then I'll yeah. go look yeah. I don't so I just I'm not someone to search and so the fact that that I happen to just notice all of a sudden the books showing to me at the bottom of my kindle yeah. which I don't usually pay any attention to yeah like you've been led there yeah so that's kind of like the highlight so I was just literally lost in his book this whole week I already read it all I'm going starting it over again and just going a little slower this time and um yeah it's just really lining up like the meditations with Joe Dispenza and then Wayne Dyer's books of course always Eckhart Tolle is there and yep it's just those three I've realized those three men in my life have changed me in ways that I could never like I can never go back now no I'm only going to move forward because the three of them came in when they came in yep so big deal I'm just feeling really grateful (gasps) oh you just are sparkling I'm so it's so lovely to watch you oh thank you but yeah that's my week okay so Garion's view what is Garion's view this week shiny girl uh I summed it up pretty quick. I just, this chapter to me is Relg rescues Silk from capture. Pretty much. Basically what I saw it as. And it was a nice short, it felt short, but then as I was scrolling through, I'm like, well, it's not that short, but it just felt quick to read it. Yeah, it's a good chapter, huh? Yeah. Good. Okay, so we'll go straight into Wolf's Wisdom, which is where we start talking a bit more in depth about the chapter. So when the chapter begins, Barrack and Garion are sliding back down into the gully to meet up with everyone else. They've been spying on what's going on in the camp with Silk and everyone. And they come back and report that they've got Silk. Yeah. Um, And they also share that Brill is there. Um 
And so there's a lot of concern, obviously, because, you know, I think, I think some of them must know, I mean, I'm guessing here, but some of them must know who Brill really is, like Belgarath and, and Aunt Pole. They must know. I think they know that he's not a common, just an ordinary person. Okay. Okay. I, don't so, yeah, they I don't think the word Degashi had been mentioned before, and they, it would have been if they knew who it was. Okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I always wonder. Yeah, I always wonder that things about like sorcerers or those who are supposed to be like all knowing and yeah. how they can still like little common factors can still go past them. You know? But they're not all knowing. They're not. They're still people, like they're still human mm-hmm. people with. Well, it's special kind of abilities. Like, it's kind of like Gandalf, right? Like they're equivalent of what Gandalf is in Lord of the Rings. Kind no, of. well, you know what? I would say no. No. Gandalf's magic is never really explained. It's very mysterious. Mm-hmm. We never really know how it works. We don't actually know what he knows. And where his knowledge comes from was, I mean, you've read all of the Silmarillion and Silmarillion and what do you call it? Yeah, I, I Silmarillion. have saying it too. Yeah, Silmarillion. Um, and so I don't know. Maybe it's in those books, but I, I couldn't remember if it was honestly. But so. yeah, so so I would stay. If you were considering, if you were comparing one story to another story, then yes, you know, they're the sorcerers of the stories in their different capacities and particulars. But these, I mean, there is a certain mystery to Belgarath, yes. But that's because he's so bloody old, I think, that it's, I'm really, I'm really, like, by the time we get to reading Belgarath the Sorcerer after we've read all of these books and we get his story where we find... I was going to say, I wonder, I wonder if that's why they seem mysterious to me because I don't have yet all their background like you do. Yes. Well, it must, that must, I mean, that, that, that just makes sense, right? Yeah. So then they're, they're just... So it would make sense then that something common, like them not knowing who Brill really is, is just a thing. That's just because yes. there are people too. Yes. They just live longer and yes. can develop more powers than others. Yes. <laughs> okay. Listeners, but, um, please chime in and let me know, like go on in there and make comments about that. Mm-hmm. what are your yeah, opinions it would, help. it would help me too to uh, just have other people's thoughts on that mm-hmm. stuff email and beyond at gmail.com <laughs> so yeah they they tell everybody that um you know barracks i mean barrack uh, silk is beat up pretty bad but he's not dead because they're there's some of them are afraid that he might be dead already mm-hmm so, yeah, Bel- Belgarath is like, he just is sick with like, yeah. oh my God, no. Gar- well, Garion tells them that because they ask, like, where are they holding him? Are they taking him somewhere? And um, 
And Gary and, you know, explained that they walked him around the building. That, what is that the, building? Yeah. The, the stone building? Yeah. Yeah. But they don't really know so, where he went from there. Yeah, but they're worried because they know that Beric knows from observing that it seems whatever Silk has done to offend Tower Ergus is pretty serious in that. Mm. He was you know. pretty pissed off or pretty happy to have him in his in his right as a prisoner. And and Barak also says something, he's overheard something about a pit. Yeah. Who wants to place this something about a pit? And then Aunt Poles, she's ready to just, you know, she and Belgrad start talking about options to save him. And she talks about she just she suggests translocation. Which, if you remember, is what Garion did to the guy who had fallen in the rivers this as this tour. And he translocated him out onto the wharf and he still had the leeches on him and he was dead, remember? Like he moved him from the water out onto the wharf. Okay. Do you remember that? Yeah, just barely, but. It was just before he exploded with anger and yelled at his aunt. And it was that horrible okay. argument. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It was in that Sal Misra place, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think so. I have a vague image of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. okay, so that's that's what I was thinking she meant, was like actually using her mind to like yes. lift him out of there. So zap, so disappear from this place, appear in this place. Okay. So it's not like he actually would float up and then come out of the, he would disappear and then like apparition in Harry yes. Potter. Yes, I was just about to say in the, in the world <laughs> of Harry Potter, it's like you apparate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Belgrath sort of has some objections. It's a long way and they have to know exactly where he is. And she's ready to just kind of, you know, fly off and, um, and scope it all out. But she, he tells her to wait until after dark. So she doesn't attract attention and asks if um, there were any grollums with Tal Ergos. And Garen thinks he saw a couple. Mm-hmm. But, and so I don't know, maybe they have special garb, special robes, or something that differentiates them from normal Mergos, from other Mergos. I would see the Grollums as like, like black cloaks. Yeah, like right. Hoods. Like you can't really see their faces. That's Maybe how I, like, yeah. Almost like the magic monks or something. They have like these chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of what I see in my head too. There's always a black robe, a black hooded robe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, The, the ampole, you know, they agree that the translocation makes such a loud noise that it would, or an awful noise, it says, an mm-hmm. awful noise, that it would make it a little bit too obvious anyways, because then Taurus would just understand right away and, and come after them. Did you understand what kind of noise it is? It's not a, like a, 
clap your hands noise it's that mm-hmm. magic noise when they perform sorcery if there mm-hmm. are grollums with him they will hear that because they're sorcerers too mm-hmm. so that's what she's talking about there if there are grollums with him that makes it more difficult because any magic we perform they're going to hear it and that's why they'd be straight on them okay and then Yarblek shows up yeah he proved me wrong in this chapter yeah I go wasn't on too sure about him speak on. i wasn't too sure yeah i wasn't too sure about him so seems like he is a good guy and he just wants to help them mm-hmm. you know and he feels bad that silk is captured too and offers them some advice mm-hmm. he even offers to take them into his party like he says look wait till i get out of way and i'll meet you like go around and mm-hmm. and meet up with me and I'll try and get you out you know of the country safely and there's a couple of really f- like finer points of um Nadrek etiquette that Aunt Paul explains to the others because Barak is quite suspicious he's like why are you helping us and Aunt Paul explains you know he's invited you into his tent he's offered you his drink that makes you like his brother until sundown or when? Till morning. Until morning or something. And so so she is very well versed in this etiquette of the country. But of course she is three thousand odd years old, so <laughs> right. And we suspected that it was like in when she was happy to um, when she understood his cultural way of treating her um you know we were talking about her behaving quite differently and it kind of shocked garyan yeah and even here yarblek is still like very taken by her the fact that she is who she is the way she is and all that and it's interesting i i like the way that they their little interactions like poles and yarblek's because he doesn't treat her like anyone particularly special just a um another person because he's he's anger he's angry he's not alone and so he doesn't recognize who she is perhaps and maybe even if he did he wouldn't have the same respect or 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 of her <laughs> you know <laughs> Right. which I kind of like and she's like just she just um rolls with it and you know he gives her he sort of catches her up in a in a big hug before he goes and he's just like you know jolly, he jollies her up you know uh, I never did get to see you dance did I <laughs> you know mm-hmm. maybe, well, perhaps another time <laughs> yeah it really did just help show a little bit more of of yard black and just to know that yeah. he was a harmless yeah definitely and um then interestingly relg comes over and asks sort of questions him more closely about where they are whole holding silk more information about this pit that they're holding silk in yeah because they he also tells them that the plan is to massacre the whole camp to yes. get rid of the who is he trying to get rid of again? Uh, the, I mean. the, the 
to Western, the Westerners, basically, but I think they're mainly um, Tolnedrans. Yeah, so he's trying to plan these things as like accidents so that he can just clear them out. And so now, you know, not only is Silk only had till morning anyways, probably, mm-hmm. but now the rest of them need to like really move to get him out and get out of there before mm-hmm. all before this, this happens. massacre happens. Yeah. So yeah, Relg. Relg comes in, you were saying. No, no, go on. Do you want to take it? No, I mean, I can. It's just interesting because he's asking a few questions about where he is. What does it look like? Is it stone? Is it rock, sand? What is it, you know? And they explain that, at least how I visualize behind the enclosure they have him is all rock there, right? So uh, instantly I, I figured what Raul was trying to do was figure out how he could get through it. Okay. You know? And so I thought that that's pretty cool. Let's see what happens with this, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah and yeah so and one of the other questions he asked was is it a like has it been dug out or is it a natural formation so these these are the things that were helping him determine i guess whether he could do anything about it and and Bar- and belgareth cottons on straight away and then you know yablek takes off says you know good luck and barracks like really likes the guy by the time he's leaving he's like yeah good man there you know and sort of tells tells Yavlik before he takes off one day you and I we're going to get drunk <laughs> finish getting drunk together um yeah and I love the way Yavlik says goodbye to Aunt Paul because and the fact that he always references her as girl yeah you know like if you ever get bored with these Alorns girl my tent flap is always open to you yeah 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 and she's very gracious (laughs) yeah I mean you get the sense that he's not offensive in any way that that's just the way he is yeah exactly and that's interesting at no point here do I get offended at the way that he is Mm -hmm. and and I believe he was showing her a lot of respect in his way yeah, I think so. Well, I, I I feel that. At this point, I am totally not – I like Yablek. I think he's cool. Mm-hmm. And and probably because the way he is with Paul, isn't, he's not trying to diminish her. He's not being disrespectful. He's not trying to make her small. Yeah. Or, not, or make Great. her, you know, not, you know, take away her power in any way. He's not doing that. Does Yablek ever come back or is this the only time? telling you that you don't have to tell me just say yes or no i don't have to give me details that's telling <laughs> that's that is literally literally telling but it's not spoiling anything it's called a spoiler you know i'm not acc- having it you accidentally spoil myself on supernatural by trying to look up characters from the show don't and did I'm you like, oh well what did you do now i know this is happening what did you do I will be speaking to you at the end of the show, young lady, in our Supernatural update. (laughs) I'm putting a note in the note. I'm putting a note right here. Yes, I'll try to remember that so I can share it at the end. But No, I'm putting a note. Supernatural. Yeah, but I'll try to remember what it was. There were two different times. Alicia has bloody well spoiled something. I I didn't think that would happen. 
They have a whole Wikipedia of Supernatural. Yeah, of course like, they do. Woman. Oh my god. Each character. <laughs> each character like right there up front. First thing you see. You, you, like, you. <laughs> okay. What were we saying? So. I can't even remember. <laughs> um oh you weren't gonna spoil me about Yarblack. If he yes, comes you've back had enough not. spoilers this week, madam. <laughs> uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, but okay, uh, I've let it go. Okay, well, it's new for me, so I haven't. You know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where were we up to? All right, so uh-huh. Yarblack goes. And then Manda Allen is immediately whipping out the armor. Right. Right, we've got to go and yeah. rescue Fritz Kelder. I know, he wants to go in, swords swinging, and yeah. like, well, she can't lift him out with her mind, then let's just run in there. If we can't sneak, we'll just have to take them all. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, you know. And that. Belgara says, no, you're not going to need your armor. And Barak's like, well, who's going to get silk? And Relg says, I am, just quietly. Yes, and he needs time to prepare himself. Yep. So he goes off and was this a little type of a ritual or prayer or something to get himself ready for this? It seems like it. Because it 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 like it, it turns out that it's quite a bit of an effort. So he must need to like get himself in the right frame of mind, you know. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just glanced on on because uh, I said I just said the word prayer, so the word pray popped out at me, and I was reading. Does he think he can pray himself out of that pit? Yes. Or pray him out of that pit. <laughs> I got Eric. <laughs> Eric asks that. <laughs> so it is one of those lines that you just laugh out loud when you hear it or read it. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, I did like. Pray him out of there? Pray him out Like, what? Maybe. Why not? <laughs> well, yeah. And in a, in a certain respect, <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Because this yeah. prayer, you know, he's preparing himself through this ritual of prayer to do what he's going to do. So you know, if you look at yeah. it from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Gotta got love Beric. Gotta love him. And Belgara's like, no, he's just, he's going to go through the hill and carry Silk back out. Um, and everyone's quite amazed. And, Bar- and you know, Beric's like, well, what about Silk? <laughs> <laughs> and then yes. Belgrath, well, I don't know, but you know, he obviously thinks he, he's pretty sure he can. So, mm-hmm. so they go round as the light begins to fade. So darkness falls. They go round to the pit. It'll take them, oh, it's quite a long way. They've got to circle around the whole um, place. And it's going to take them a couple of hours to get around to where Silk is. That's how big this place is. So, you know, they want to do it quietly. And 
Um, but Paul's like, that's okay. Everyone will be, it'll give everyone time to settle down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Paul can go and see, you know, scope it all out. So she has a bit of a look around with her mind and says, yeah, they're preoccupied. And so they all go, they all move around. Oh, he doesn't, she doesn't fly at all. She doesn't transform right. at all. So she just she goes. uses her, uses her mind to like stretch yeah. out to touch. And then Gary notices the little touch in his own mind when she does that. Yeah. So they get around there and then Relk sort of, um, you know, he prepares to begin. <laughs> this always, um, this always make, gives me like a funny feeling in my mouth when I read this. Which part? Um, where he, he puts his tongue against the rock, like he tastes oh. the rock. He clears yes. some of the dirt away and then he, you know, tastes the rock. Yeah, that um, was interesting. Yeah, and so after he's tasted it, he it can, he can obviously you know get information from that. And what kind? What kind? What you know? It's like oh, this is going to take a while. <laughs> and then here we go. He drew himself up and began to pray, and slowly pushed himself directly into the rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense to me. I mean, to me, that makes sense. Yeah. And I love Beric's character as just kind of the voice for those who don't understand that stuff yep. at all. And that's okay. But like, but like even here, he like kind of cringes at watching uh, Rel go into the rock. Well, it would be like, a very like... I mean, I wonder what it looks like though. Because in my mind, I just see him... Like kind of vanish melt. into it. Yeah, like kind of just melt in. Uh-huh. So yeah. not like not like his body doesn't change or anything. You just see no. him slowly disappear. That's what I see too. And so to me, I'm kind of like that would that wouldn't bother me at all. Like I wouldn't cringe at that. I'd be like, oh my God, how do you do that? I want to do that. <laughs> you totally would. You'd be over there pressing yourself up against the rock. <laughs> it would, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Beric doesn't like it, but um, you know, they they all wait patiently. Yeah. Not maybe not that patiently because it feels like a long time. Well, it's, a, it's several it's it's several hours that that they're waiting there, and they're going to be pretty. And they're so they're like, you know, if this takes a long time, we're going to be pretty close to the spot when when they discover that Silk's gone. <clears throat> and you know, meanwhile, Garion's getting going down spiraling down into his own little pit of despair thinking that they're gonna lose Ralgan's silk which takes him to thinking about Leldoran I know I was like thank you for acknowledging him finally it took you a while <laughs> <laughs> even just to think about him would be nice yeah so yeah he wonders if he's doing if he's recovered you know then then you gotta wonder well did he recover at all yeah is he still alive at all yeah <laughs> you know yeah, he's feeling he is, a but... bit, little bit he's feeling a bit guilty about it yeah 
and then you know so he's getting you know pretty dark in his mind and then all of a sudden rogue just steps out of the rock and rel and silk is like clinging to his back looking his eyes are bugging and his hair is literally standing on end like he's like I can imagine because he's one of the ones that does horrible. not like being he doesn't like being closed in he's intensely claustrophobic well you know from all of that you know under the rock he gets mm -hmm. nervous like under the mountains when he was there mm -hmm. yeah I remember and and I even... wonder what yeah there was another moment too with him so there were, there were two instances where they were under the ground and then that instance where Paul had put their minds to sleep mm -hmm. and he came to, I put that in the same category of, of a feeling like not being free to move wherever he wanted to move maybe or know what he wanted to know. Maybe that's the same kind of sensation like coming yeah. out of coming out of an enforced sleep like right that's what i thought like, of yeah that makes sense because like i like i understand claustrophobia and i also had the same idea of like nobody will ever take control of what i can know or what my mind can or can't do or yeah, how your body the, can move right that's the last thing I want anybody to take from me. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't imagine what it must have looked like for silk passing through the rocks. You know, what does that I feel like? I have tried to, to imagine somebody? that too. I tried to imagine it like he's he doesn't have eyes. the ability. No. And he's, he comes out and his eye says his eyes are wide open. I'm like, what does that look like? Like, yeah. And how is he, how is he, was he, I like, I, for some reason I imagined Silk sitting on his shoulders. So like, yeah, like, well, I that, imagine his arms around his neck and his sort of legs are like on, hooked, his, back. Like on his back, like a backpack, like just arms and legs hooked around the little dude. Okay. Well, they're both quite small stature. So. Right. Right. But yeah, Silk looks like he's just been <laughs> violated, violated in every way imaginable. Yeah, that's he like says, don't totally ever do horrified. that to me again. Yes. Ever do that to me again. So I think he'd rather die than ever do that again. Well, it certainly sounds like it. He's just horrified. And then they just talk a little bit, little bit about, you know, how did, you, how did Brill catch you? Huh. And so it's like, oh, it's careless. His men threw a net over me <laughs> as I was galloping through a ravine and my horse fell and broke its neck. Poor horse. Oops. I was so, so, I know. so sad that these horses get caught in the middle of this stuff and like, you know, they don't want any part of this. You're making them do this and then you don't get them killed. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So, and then they find out why Tal Ogus hates Silk so much. It's a bit of political shenanigans, but it ended up with some soldiers chasing him and one of them you know had a bit of a tussle bit of a fight and tower ergus's oldest son was one of the casualties of the discussion and ended up dead 
and the king took it personally so yeah which that isn't really terribly exciting in the big scheme of things. I, I kind of, yeah, I was kind of imagining there would be a woman involved, <laughs> like maybe chose silk over the other guy. <laughs> Something like, like that. <laughs> yep. And that's the end. So the chapter. End of the chapter. So did you enjoy that chapter? Yeah, I did. I liked seeing Relg step up and yeah. you know save the day a little bit of his magic mm. yes I lo- it's it's good seeing him more of a companion now yeah and i liked the part where like he was trying to avert his eyes from the fires because they were hurting his eyes and garyan's just kind of like oh, just don't look at him you know and he's still sick with this cold too and garyan observes that Aunt Paul could give him something for that. It would probably help. He's like, it tastes awful, but it would help. Mm-hmm. And Relg is like, perhaps. And just in that one word, that's all he said was perhaps. And I, I interpreted that as him kind of owning up to this. Like, I have this cold because my God sent me out here. Yeah. And yeah, it sucks being out here, but I'm going to toughen out whatever is thrown at me mm-hmm. I don't need the medicine let me just tough through this and I'll be stronger for it it's kind of like what I got out of that perhaps no <laughs> that's, that's totally my... yep I think that's probably exactly what he was thinking <laughs> yeah my interpretation so I liked that I think that's pretty cool what did you like about why did you like that because he's owning up to like you know he's being the hero he's okay he's doing what's necessary because what it's what his God has guided him to do, and he's not going to complain. Okay. About being sick. Because in the last chapter, I was he even complaining at all. He was. Well, he was. wasn't. He was just sort of saying he thought he was going to die because he had a cold. <laughs> Am I going to die? He wasn't yeah. really complaining though. He was just. It's only because they were asking him about it. Yeah, he wouldn't have they, said anything. They, I don't think. Yeah. Because he was silk was like you have to look sick. He's like I am sick. <laughs> look more sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So cool. All right. What is your magic? Well, I've heard my magic is relg passing through the rock. Definitely. And I've put silk passing through the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is that takes a lot of I mean he didn't really have a choice but that still took no. a lot of courage for him well you know to endure that you'd have to like you'd have to be it would be it would take a lot of courage wouldn't it especially although not knowing what is about to happen it, precisely you know, perhaps about halfway through, he's gone. Mm, I wish I hadn't done this. Yeah, that's like me on a roller coaster. As it's starting to go really? up, 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 I'm like, "Why did I get on?" I mean, the Disneyland ones are okay, but anything at Six Flags or something scarier than Disneyland. No. I love, I love, love, love the rides. I love. We go to the Efteling. It's my favorite favorite 
theme park over here. It's amazing. And they've got they've got lots of theme parks over here actually with really cool rides. And I don't like the only roller coaster I don't like is like the old school Python roller coaster because it jerks my head around too much. Yeah, I don't like those either. But all the other rides are just, oh my God, so cool. Yeah. I mean, I love, like I said, I love the Disneyland roller coasters. They're a lot of fun. But um, even the best roller coaster, oh my gosh. What? Just a side note the Harry Potter world, the Wizarding world has, it's not even a roller coaster, but man, I did that ride and no, never, ever. I get motion. I got so motion sick oh, on it. That's I couldn't even look. It's like screens. Oh, and, and you're seeing like, you're supposed to be on the broom with Harry and he's on yeah. the video in front of you. And then that's like, and then you're <gasps> spinning and there's oh. dementors everywhere and you're just spiraling. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. But well, the other one, the other roller coaster, <laughs> yeah. Flight of the Hippogriff. Uh-huh. Flight of the Hippogriff is by far, it's like a 30 second ride. Yeah. But it is the best experience you'll ever have on a 30 seconds. It's so fast. But like me and my cousin went together and we were, every time we just kept going back on, going back on. <laughs> we were just like two big kids. It was just us there. I purposely did it with just us. My kids didn't go. We are both obsessed about Harry Potter yeah. and um, Flight of the Hippogriff. Every time we would just be cracking up through the hole because it just, I don't know, it just does something to your body. But like you just oh, so you cool. get all giddy, you get really giddy. And that kind of roller coaster I'm down with. But anything that's um, going to flip me or do major drops, mm. uh-uh. even Splash Mountain, I get a little nervous. I like, can't do the only. The only ride that I really can't do is the pirate ship. You know, the, no, what well, any pirate ship, you know, the one that swings. Oh, oh yeah. Big, like that. that. And it goes right. And, oh, just like a vom time. I cannot do mm. that. <laughs> and if I, if I do, it ruins all the other rides for me because I might get through that, but then my tummy's like, Ooh for everything else yeah i don't like any kind of swinging or spinning of any sort i like spinning i don't mind spinning that's not too bad but particularly like the ups like that that kind of up and down motion there's one there's one roller coaster called um your or urus and the drag like urus and the dragon and when it goes up like you, you literally leave, like your bum leaves this your seat and you're sort of held <laughs> down by the bar, but it's, and then you just got to go down again and up again and real, oh, it's like, oh, it's so amazing. Oh gosh. I love it. <laughs> kind of like you're flying, I guess. Yes, yes, totally. Anyway, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Uh, and what about reality? What's your reality? Uh I had a hard time with this one. I just went with like worrying about a friend's well-being. You know, they're all worried about silk. And I remember being in places before moments of life where just my friend was going through something and I just didn't know if they were going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, Well, mine is feeling gutted because of something unexpected that completely alters your course. (laughs) Yes. Thinking of well, I was connecting with Belgarath, thinking that you know, yeah, he was just so gutted. 
That was me yesterday. I was Belgareth yesterday, everyone. Belgareth gutted because he thought Silk had died. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just it though, because he thought Silk had died. Yeah. You thought it was all over. But... Oh, oh, you're very good, aren't you? <laughs> that's that's be. very that's very good. That's something I would say to you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, I love I it. I do hang out with you. Yes. I do hang out with you for a while every week. So. Nice. More of that. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that was very good. Okay. Well, and and prophecy speaks is now here, so you yes. can also yes, ask so prophecy. Okay. Well, I'll go first then. Yeah. So this week my question is how is this surprise twist in my goddess course in miracles journey working for my highest good i think that's a good question yes i do and the book i'm using is original resistance reclaiming lilith reclaiming ourselves and it's a girl god anthology edited by Manette Chilson, Trista Hendren, and Pat Daly. So it's a collection of essays. It's a pretty cover. Pretty colours and artwork. It's beautiful. All right. (sighs) Okay. My Daughter by Dr. Terry Whitebeach. My daughter, as much herself as ever, at 28, has come into her own. My daughter steers great cargo ships through the heads at Port Phillip, keeps solitary watch at 4am, wields tools that are twice her length and double her weight with ease. My daughter understands engines, plagues me to learn about them too. Change your own oil, mum. Grease the nipples. Fit a new oil filter. Save you heaps. Come on, watch me. Write it down. My daughter invented unions. MUA, here to stay. She gives us the web doc dispute blow by blow on the phone. The inside story more volatile than any row her parents ever had. We're angry, we're loud, we're union and we're proud. My daughter discovers money after a childhood of make-do and second-hand. The heady joy of buying computers, cameras, tools to die for and and no paying top dollar when you've got contacts on the wharf. My daughter develops an eye for fashion, no longer confined to Vinnie's second-hand boutiques. I'm going to stop there because I think I've come across the thing that made me almost sort of gasp out loud Mm -hmm. which is unexpected and I didn't I saw the moment on your face as you were reading it did you (laughs) yeah 
my daughter discovers money after a childhood of make, do and second hand. That's me. The heady joy of buying computers, cameras, tools to die for, and no paying top dollar when you've got contacts on the wharf. But those, those two, those mm -hmm. first two sentences, like I, we, I grew up, you know, we didn't have extra money. We have food on the table yeah. and a roof over our head. I had hand-me-down clothes, mm -hmm. very rarely new, and like there just wasn't extra money to go around and do stuff. So how is this working for my highest good? It's making me... I've made the decision to change this based on money, based on the way I manage the money through my business, expecting that this course will generate money. And because of that, it'll be a big hassle if I don't change it now. Which is interesting, because if I didn't expect it to make money, or if that wasn't important to me, I would just make it free and leave it where it is. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I am, that wasn't even a decision, that was, it's an expectation that this will generate enough income to make it worth my, my while to not commit myself to a big chunk of time dealing with the finances, but to set it up in a way that it takes care of itself. Yeah. Well, that was not the answer that I expected, but that is, did you pick anything else up or was that? No, I mean, the thing that was just caught me was the sentence that you said after that about buying the gadgets and not because sometimes the, the heady rush of, you. of having money. Sorry. Yeah. No, I just see the that remind me of like the techie side of you that really like enjoys that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so like I feel like I can see you taking this what's happened, but knowing that that the goal that this is going to be something so beautiful as the end result that you're going to be able to just do that transition with ease because you are so techie. Yeah. It's, the, pi it's, the, the pivoting itself is really not as painful as I might've made out. Mm -hmm. I actually really enjoy developing and fitting pieces together to make a project work. It's one of my favorite parts of a project. So Whilst I say, oh, my God, I've lost a year's work, I haven't. I've been inside this material that I'm going to present to the world and guide other people through. So this has been my immersion in all of that material. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, was necessary. So maybe it needed to be complicated and messy to put together so that I had to spend the amount of time with it that I did. Yeah. Yeah. Now you even have a little bit more time with it. Yeah. But now the way that I'll be able to do it now will be so much quicker mm -hmm. and a lot less intensive and a lot more and, and kind of 
it will be less i will i will not need to be as engaged with the content to put it together so You'll be able to enjoy more of the technical aspects, which yes. is something you love. I do, do love it. I do love it. And the, des you know, designing, putting it all together. I do love that. Yeah. So I see this as it's going to be a very light, much quicker project this time around. Mm. And what, you already yeah. have, you already have the expectation knowing that this is going to make money, which is why you're doing this. Yes. So it's all, it's all kind of a, a, you know, seeing the silver lining, like we were saying. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, okay, yep, that was good. Yeah. Can you hear that plane? It's very loud. No, hardly at all. Weird. That's okay. so great. Like, I swear, when I was editing the show together last week, I the the, the your your baseline on your waveform is always quite rough because there's like if there's a drone of an airplane almost the whole time pretty much every time and okay. i can see like where it where you turned on that extra noise reduction on the zoom and it went down to like practically nothing so that's probably yeah. why you were softer actually yeah that's and what I was thinking. So I'm hoping that us turning you up a bit has compensated just enough. Yeah. But yeah, no, no airplane noises at all. It was great. That's awesome. Because that was loud. That was really I loud hear and long. It. I didn't hear it at all. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. So well, my prophecy. Okay, so coming back like to Wayne Dyer stuff. He's always, always somebody that when I read his stuff, I always feel him nudging me and not just him specifically, but the universe nudging me to be of service. And that's kind of coming back around again. But every time it comes up, I always feel like, how? You know, it's always kind of like this, how, what am I, what? Like, I know I write my books, but people aren't really finding them right now. So how? Um, and I know that I am being of service and this inner work that I'm doing and raising my consciousness and, and becoming at peace within and all of this stuff. But I just want to ask, is there another way that I'm being called to be of service? Or is it simply just doing this inner work? So I'm using, again, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. I thought it would be cool since... He's in my life a lot right now, too. See what I get. Uh, as the cycle goes on, your angry thoughts produce more chemical signals to your body, which activate the adrenal chemicals associated with your angry feelings. Now you become enraged and aggressive. You feel flushed, your stomach is twisted into a knot, and your head pounds and your muscles start to clench. All those heightened feelings flood the body and change its physiology. This chemical cocktail fires up a set of circuits in the brain, causing you to think equal to those emotions. Now you're telling your associate off 10 different ways in the privacy of your own mind. <laughs> I used to do that a lot. Yes. 
you indignantly, in, indignantly conjure up a litany of past events that validate your present upset, brainstorming through a letter recounting all those complaints you've always wanted to lodge. In your mind, you've already forwarded it to your boss before you even arrive at work. You exit the car dazed and crazed and a breath away from homicidal. Hello, walking, talking model of an angry person and all of this started with a single thought. In this moment, it seems impossible to think greater than you feel. And that's why it's so hard to change. Okay. What's this speaking to? Mm. Um, the only thing that I was thinking is like this reminded, like his descriptions remind me a lot of who I used to be. And I'm not that person anymore. So many people are that person. Who is the person in your life that most turns you into that person right now? Or even comes close? We were talking about it at before the show. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just thinking if there's anybody besides her. <laughs> is there? No. No. <laughs> it used to be her dad. But not anymore, even that. I can easily just like. Eh. So um, this so is yeah. how this is how you're being called to service right now. Hmm. It's a big, it's a big challenge. It's a big quest. Okay. Being of service and just guiding her through the anger. Sweetie, that's what you chose to do. That's what you both chose. Yeah, right. You just see us on the other side before we came through. Can you like really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. We'll be a mother. We'll be my. You'll be my mum. I'll be your daughter. And oh, I'm going to give you such a hard time, and you're going to be so great, and we're going to learn all these things. Yeah. I guess, like, I just. You know, I know that I definitely know that she is my, what do you call it? My presence practice, I guess. Yeah. Like my, my light work practice, but. Um, and shadow work. Yeah. I definitely feel that like being of service, something beyond just her, but. But it will be ultimately. Yeah. She goes out into the world. You, you know, so, right. someone else maybe sees you and her interacting. You don't know how far that can reach. Yeah, I know. Okay. Someone listens to you talking about it so openly and vulnerably here. How far does that ripple out? Yeah, it's definitely, it's it's interesting to have uh, children when you're going through these kinds of changes in yourself, like, because, you know, parenthood, <clears throat> parenthood in a way is talked about, even the way a lot of the experts discuss parenthood is not, is not necessarily, 
for me, it's not necessarily something I want to ever do or be as a parent. Like I don't ever want to have rigid Hmm. rigidity for her. I never want to have like timelines and all of this because Mm -hmm. I don't like having that stuff. So I definitely don't want to set it on my children. Well, it makes it harder for you to live your life because you're insisting that you be a different person. Yes. And I also don't feel good if I'm sitting there trying to have them meet a timeline or have them. Because it's not congruent with how you are. (laughs) Yes. So that that alone right there is a big shift in being of service to my kids because every other parent, except for the one who I'm close with, because she's on, she reads a lot of Eckhart Tolle too. So her and I get really deep into you get really I'm so glad you have another parent close by that you can like talk about that you know, stuff with. That's so good. You know, it's funny. Like you see again, synchronicity, her and I were meant to be, yeah. she, we have two daughters exactly the same age in the same class. She's also divorced from the dad. It's almost going to be the same situation once Nathan and I like, yeah, you I know, tell you. and all you need is that one person that you so yeah. that you don't feel like you're a crazy person. Yeah. And so anytime I start to doubt myself and like not setting the rules this way, because all the you other just, parents do it. Yeah. You just I do remind it, yeah. myself of her and you too, because I know mm-hmm. you are aligned with me in a lot of ways with parenthood. Oh yeah. I was I was that mother. That yeah. Kind of did but the it's things. A, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. I feel like to just let your children be mm-hmm. and that's it. <laughs> Even though sometimes you're kind of like, are they getting a little too much freedom? It's like, but well, yeah, but are I... they like, they, they need the freedom though. You still have the space. You still have this kind of bubble-ish thing for them to return to, you know, you know, the thing that saved me from really um condemning myself as the worst mother that ever walked the earth was a dutch priestess over here after i had finished giving her a treatment a bodywork treatment and we were sitting talking she said to me if your daughters could have had a better mother that's the mother they would have had. Mm-hmm. Right. It's true. You know, like you say, just like they chose, you know, you guys chose each other. So you guys all knew before you came here that what was going to happen. And it was just an agreement of like, yeah, I want to go through that. I want to see what it's like. And I enjoy thinking about life that way. I don't think about it that way all the time, but things start to make sense when I do. Yeah, you know, I agree. And if that's how I am most aware, present and helpful with the people in my life, that's no bad thing. Yeah, I feel the flow, being the flow, 
I mean, that, that's such a cliche line, but like when you actually <laughs> get there yep. and you actually start to feel things flowing and moving and everything. It's a is sensation. Just, it's not just an idea. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. And so that's where I'm like, I just have to like, let her be who she is. Even if that means sometimes she's going to just be like, you, you know, kind of just want to slap her across the face and knock some sense into her. But of course you never do, mm. but you just let her be that, even though it's kind of like, you're my child though. You're not supposed to be, you know, but, and, you and know, that's where you have to catch yourself of like, but no, she's supposed to be who she is. Cause she is Because they're not going to stay children. They're going to go up, grow up and go out into the world and know that it's okay to express emotions it's okay to have an opinion. It's okay to take up space and say what I think. Yeah. You know what? That reminds me of, it was in this last book, The Power of Awakening with Wayne Dyer. And he just had a brief comment on, on your children of like reframing, not even reframing, but just seeing that in a new way of like, and it, it sounded like he was speaking to me about Alexis. Like this was me. He was telling me, Mm-hmm. see it in this way mm-hmm. see it as her um having the opinion and the courage to use her voice in the ways that you didn't and I was like uh, you're right I don't want you to be what you are <laughs> oh my god that's so perfect is that not perfect yeah because I was the child that would not speak up you literally didn't use your voice Mm-mm. you didn't speak no and now I have the child that just like, <laughs> it's, you know. Tell me that this doesn't is. fit together so perfectly. Yeah. Yes. She does. And I know she'll. <laughs> that look on your face just then, oh my God, it's all real shit. <laughs> there will be a time when we'll look back on all this together and be grateful. Yeah, you know? Totally. And you won't remember. It won't be the pain point that it is now. No. And that's why in these moments and moments now, I'm really trying to just like, don't even let it be pain now. Just it is, it is this and accept it. Like this really is your next, the next, the next inner circle of your spiral of presence and peace and presence with your family. Like this is more intimate than that last cycle that you've done. Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> things are unfold. Things are unfolding magically though, even considering yeah. Yeah. like the shifts we're about to go through. Yep. I couldn't have asked for it to be, and I did ask for it to be this peaceful and now it is. Yeah, you did. I'm so glad. So. Well, if you want to talk about that more, we'll do it after the show. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this prophecy speaks. Brilliant. Okay, so last week's prediction was the group will move to rescue Silk and have a close encounter with the enemy. Well, they did rescue Silk, but they did not have a close encounter with the enemy. 
No, but they were very close to them. <laughs> yes, they were. All okay. right. So well, next, next week. Um, they, well, I think they're going to get away clear. They're not going to have any like setbacks and they'll just continue on to where they're going and we'll see Relg be more accepted in the group. Okay. Because of what he did. Yep. Cool. Uh, so do you have any hashtags? never again um not ever don't ever do that to me again no i wish i wish there was a phrase we could use for silk's expression when he came out of the rock you know rock horror yeah okay rock horror that works that works <laughs> now i'm now i'm singing rock lobster in my head that's going in the show notes. Okay, I don't know so that one. You don't? Oh my God, the B-52s. I didn't get into that stuff. Oh my that God, much. I'm showing my age. I'm such an 80s chick. <laughs> All right. So I that's, mean, <laughs> that's definitely going somewhere in some feed or show notes this week. Woman, see to your education. All right. So if you want to send us a message or post in the Facebook page, which you still can, it's still there. I share the episode every week or go over onto Patreon and put it there. The hashtag is rock horror. Ah. <laughs> which i'm falling i'm loving more and more and uh, you'll find all the extended show notes and links to all the things on our website belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com so you can head over there and check it all out you know sign up to our mailing list if you like and i just thought about it you could probably leave a comment on the episode in the website too nobody ever has but i think you could because they're there as posts so <laughs> check that out if somebody wants to do that just for fun that would be cool mm -hmm. um you can leave us a voice message and there'll be a link in the show notes for that and um if you want to chat about episodes and connect with other fans of the show you can follow us on patreon you can like literally just go onto the page and there's a follow button that you can click and you'll get emails of all of the publicly posted stuff that we put on there. And as always, you can email belgariadandbeyond at gmail.com anytime. And you get a personal response from us, which is that's pretty cool. And mm -hmm. um, the Belgariad and Beyond podcast is an indie production. And it's basically me, me. I sit here and stitch it together. I just, yes, it's me. <laughs> we talk for a couple of hours and well, sometimes more than a couple of hours. And then I take that away and I just, you know, don't swear at it too much. Mostly I laugh and enjoy. But the best way that you could support us is to become a patron if you want to support us financially. And 
and you get access to bonus episodes like there's a bonus show we do called before the show and you then you can at another tier you can get like access to uncut videos of everything which is very cool you get to peek behind the curtains and see us in all of our lockdown glory my hair's particularly horrible at the moment it's not it's actually very cute oh okay I just I feel really I feel really dowdy it's horrible and um and but I was thinking if you are not in the position to support us financially totally understand that it would be great if you would head over to um iTunes and leave us a review we haven't had a new review for like years there's two reviews sitting there two and I know that there are like quite a few people who listen to this show it would be so great if you would go over and leave a review um five stars because you love us <laughs> yeah I was just that's thinking, a good point I haven't asked we for haven't that for been ages. talking about yeah we haven't been talking about that yeah it crossed my mind the other week too and I was like oh I should go check and then I forgot hmm so that there's be, no new ones that would be really really helpful and yes yeah you want to get boosted up so more people can see it so i was just thinking about that i was like mm. we get a little bit of a you know some more eyes on our podcast yeah like if you're if you are listening and you're at this point in your listening journey you probably like the show so go leave a review mm-hmm. okay and that's that. That's our show this week. Yeah. Very, very good. Very good conversation. I enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys did too. Yes. All right. And so we'll be back in your ears again next week, my darlings. All right, everybody. Bye.